Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts, AJ Elkert and uh, Matt Baston might be joining us. We're not exactly sure, but hopefully we'll be seeing him uh, later in the episode. How are you doing, AJ? Pretty damn good. How are you doing, Doug? Uh, doing okay. Um, I had a botched, like, cyst removal job on my back, so, like, I have, like, a gaping open wound in my back that I was just told is not going to heal for another four weeks, although it was supposed to have been healed by now. I think they took the stitches out too early, so I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's kind of dumb, but, like, it doesn't really hurt. It's just more, like, of an itchy thing, and, oh, shit, things are falling down at my house. (laughs) But speaking of that, uh, I did just buy a house, and uh, today was the first day that I did mow the lawn, and it was like a really, like it kind of made me connect with the property. But that's kind of not related. This is a video game podcast. <laughs> How about you, though, AJ? Anything uh, life oriented going on, or anything you want to spout before we talk about some games? Uh, changed up my diet. That's basically. <laughs> I don't eat fast food at all anymore. So that's a. That's a. A big change for me. Yeah, That's good a life-related thing. Yeah, I need to take a page out of your book there because, oh man, I just had McDonald's and whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> but that's, a, that's a mistake for later. Oh, absolutely. But it was not a mistake as I was eating it. It was really delicious. But I understand that's a good life decision. I need to get back into exercising and here i am like with a gaming podcast like i need to like i'm like always telling myself like i need to play more video games but in reality i have so many other responsibilities now but i do always try to find some time to game it is a good way to decompress after work and stuff or after doing chores yeah it's definitely a good way uh a good way to just take a load off or if you don't have any work like like me sometimes at work i don't have any work so uh there's a online game i play called pokemon showdown no shit yeah it's a uh, it's pretty neat it's a uh, it's basically just the battling aspect of pokemon nice so you uh you can go in there it's really easy to make a login and uh you can make your own teams using different rule sets and they have like all of the rule sets pre-programmed in and all the pokemon all the items you can imagine you can do all the like the EV and IV bullshit to the Pokemon that you want yeah. to make the Pokemon how you want them to be. And, uh, yeah, it's really, really neat. And then they have even a ladder system. Like if you go into the competitive scene, there's a, there's a ladder system. You can, you can rank up and get higher on the ladder. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, my buddy, Mark, who uh, works with me, he, uh, not the Mark from, from the show, but <laughs> yeah. my, my Mark, my best friend, Mark from, uh, that I've known since since oh boy, f- first grade, uh, yeah he he works with me and we he when he doesn't have work and I don't have work we just play we can challenge each other on there nice. so we can just uh, play it on the computers challenge each other Pokemon Showdown that's really cool this is the first time I'm really hearing of that is it's it like really, pretty popular yeah it's it's decently popular there's uh, usually like quite a few people online at any given time that's I awesome what, I wonder what it's looking like right now. So, like, do you level up your character and everything? No, not your character. You're, uh, you're, you get points for going up and ranking. Okay. When you're doing, uh, doing ladder stuff. Yeah, there's 13,000 people playing right now. Holy hell. Yeah. I'd say it's popular. (laughs) They have, uh, official ladder tournaments on here. 
Yeah, there's uh, there's chat rooms to talk to other people about like uh, strategies and stuff, like different team builds. They have rate my team on here. Uh, yeah, there's like all kinds of crazy formats and stuff. Yeah, there's the rule sets are insane, and they're like the rule sets are debated all the time, like what what Pokemon's fit in each like category and shit. Right. It's so crazy. Oh, man, I'm going to have to look into this. There's so um, much shit. One thing uh, we mentioned off-air is uh, Overwatch. I guess there's some news going on in that scene. What's going on there? Yeah, the uh, the, the semifinals are going on this weekend, and hopefully, uh, hopefully around, I'm going to say, 9 o'clock, I won't... Nine o'clocks after the first match of the day. Hopefully, at that point, I'm the happiest panda in the world because <laughs> uh, Philly is taking on New York to move on to the grand final, and they're already up one nothing in the series. They just need to win one more one more set of maps to move on. And London yesterday beat uh, beat the LA Valiant, which is a, was a shock. To, it shocked everyone. All the analysts picked uh, the one and two seeds to win this round, and the five and six seed in the going to the playoffs are uh, oh shit cleaning up right now. So they're it seemed like they're they're the most acclimated to the change in meta, the way the 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 game within the game, if you will. Um, yeah, wait, can you elaborate on that for any listener that might not understand? A uh, meta game is the game within the game. Uh, specifically for Overwatch, it has to do with team composition. So, um, traditionally, uh, the meta was considered like a standard two damage dealers, two tanks, and two support characters. So, the the hero pool in Overwatch is dedicated to three classes. Tank heroes, which have large health amounts that aren't meant to take a lot of damage but there are they're meant to sort of force the enemy team out of certain areas they're meant for controlling space and then there are the damage dealers which you send in to attack your lower health characters like your supports and can also like help whittle down tanks once the supports are dead um and then you have your supports which are there to heal up the the rest of the team and keep them alive during team fights. Right. Uh, the meta has shifted from the traditional two, two, two to like a weird, like weird variants. Like, and sometimes it'll change based on uh, what heroes are really good. So right now, uh, both the sniper heroes are very good. Hanzo and Widowmaker. Hanzo uses a bow and arrow and Widowmaker uses a sniper rifle. And two of the tanks were very popular uh Zarya who is this big Russian lady that carries around like a beam cannon that gets stronger the more damage she takes yeah uh, through a uh she has like a thing called a projected barrier that she can throw on people that absorbs damage and uh at a certain point it pops then and then they can take damage again but uh until that point if you're if that bubble's being shot she builds charge on her gun and her gun gets stronger up okay. to 100 charge so, and she has one of the strongest ultimates in the game. It's called Graviton Surge, and it sucks everything in like a certain area into one ball, basically. So the yeah. enemy team basically gets sucked into an area and is stuck floating there for a couple seconds, and it makes it really easy to kill a whole team. 
I feel like I've seen that once or twice. Yeah, I think I talked to you about uh they did the it it's a really popular grab dragon is a really popular combo right now to yeah. end team fights because uh, the dragons fly through an area of the map from Hanzo, the the bow and arrow sniper and uh it does like 2000 damage to anything that's inside the dragons. That's badass. So there are counterplays to it obviously because that's just how like that game is so everything's mental about Overwatch. Like you have to be thinking about what you're doing at the moment and what you're going to be doing in certain situations of in the future when you're moving around the map and doing certain things. Yeah. One thing that like I really thought was interesting is seeing like the live people doing it at the esports event at too many games. The people were like shouting at each other. The one guy was just like yelling. I forget what his it was probably some like lingo for like in game speak, but he was just yelling over and over, or like maybe trying to identify like this character that they have to kill or something. And yeah, everybody uh, was on it. Um. So if the game is eighty percent. You say the game is like eighty percent mental, ninety percent mental. Uh, technical skill makes up a small amount of what the remaining percentage, and then that uh, rest of that is communication. And that uh, the communication though is weighted, so like it's almost worth more than the mental game because uh, the team that talks the most, like communicates the most, can usually pull off the better plays because communication is so key in that game. Yeah. Um, they were probably calling out targets because that's the most common, the most common thing you do is you call out targets that need that. Like you're basically switching team priority from one target to another mid fight all the time because uh, you're, you're looking for the swing. You're looking for the kill. Like the one, the one pick Picks a pick is just like a kill during a team fight. If you get a kill during a team fight, that pretty much swings the fight completely into the factor or into the favor of the team that has six players left. Okay, right. So you get a pick on like a support character, and it's over. They can't maintain they can't maintain their health pools because one support character isn't enough. Usually, isn't enough to keep a, a whole team healed. And that's where the current meta comes into play. So the current the current current meta, the snipers are very useful. We've also seen a triple tank show up on some maps, so they'll have, uh, they'll have Diva who is like uh, she's considered a dive tank because of her high mobility. She's able to, uh, it's called peeling, where you uh, go back and defend someone from uh, the attackers. So uh, these are like high end, not high end, but like they're terms that if you played Overwatch, you'd probably know them. Just right picking them up from playing the game. Okay. Uh, peeling is very important when uh, one of your support characters gets jumped on because for a while the meta was dive meta, which you had two tanks with very high mobility that would pick a target in the back line of the enemy team and just jump them. They would just go for them. Right. And if you go for a healer, they usually can't sustain. They can't stay up. The other healer can't keep that one healer alive if two tanks are on them. Peeling is when the enemy team notices that their supports are getting dove on and they turn around and engage those tanks to force them to back off. That's peeling. You're peeling okay. the attackers off of your supports. Interesting. Like peeling the skin off an orange. So, 
it's a it's a it's a concept that a lot of kids don't know or like a lot of like you should know if you play Overwatch in any competitive capacity. Um you should know what peeling is and you should know that you have to do it. It's a good thing that it's a good practice to get into. A good tactic as well. Yeah, it, it makes sense because your healer dies and that ruins the, the team fight's over. Right. You lose a healer, it's over. You've lost the fight already. Like, uh, unless you can get some serious hero plays from one of your DPS players, a hero play is like they somehow get two or like they somehow kill two people and swing the odds back over. But it's real rare. It's like in high end Overwatch, it's real rare to do something like that. Now, I'm not claiming to be high end at all. I just watch like a crap ton of coaching videos and uh, a ton of competitive play, a ton of a uh, ton of Overwatch League. So yep. I, I I feel like I'm getting like a better grasp of a uh, the game and how the team game functions and how it should work. It sounds like you have a pretty good understanding of it all. And like, if I'm not mistaken, your favorite team is the Philadelphia Fusion. They're they're making it pretty far. Where are they right now? They're they're gonna play today, so they're playing at 7 p.m. Oh our, wow, our time. So, um, and if they win one more match against New York, they're moving on to the finals against London. Oh, our, so our listeners already know the outcome of this, and it's not happening for 7 p.m. Yeah, today for them. But I'm gonna fair. be very <laughs> I'm gonna be a very sad panda today. Uh, oh no, on I'm Overwatch, a- if uh, <laughs> if they don't win, I'm gonna be oh. very very upset. Well, we're rooting for them, and like I said, our listeners already know. So, hey, they could have won. I hope so. Oh boy, I hope so. <laughs> I hate New York so much. They were like the they're the they were the Goliath this year in Overwatch League. They lost six matches out of forty, so they were like a wow, they had a crazy record. And uh, Philly was like one of the, one of the like handful of teams that always played them well. They uh, they have stage finals at the end of. The, the season was split up into quarters or stages uh, and at the end of each stage the team that ha- the teams that had the best records in the stage the f- top four teams would go into a playoff to see who won the stage quote unquote and yeah. the winner of the stage finals would win money just like it, it was added bonuses to being really good in each stage so like there were teams that were making stage finals that weren't even in final like year playoff the 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 cumulative year playoff contention, but they did really well on that stage, so they had a chance to still win money. It's kind of like a neat thing they did, like a season within a season. And um, Philly in stage, I believe it was stage two, uh, went to the finals. It shocked everyone. They went to the stage finals, and they uh, they lost in New York in the stage finals. They were up two nothing in the series. They had won two maps because sorry, so like each uh, the series in the regular season work that they play five maps and it's the best, it's the best of five. Whoever gets the three wins first, and Philly was up two zero and they got reverse swept in the oh, final. No, that's hard. They lost that's three so maps upsetting. in a row to lose the stage final, so they want revenge. They want revenge bad, and it happened to them twice. Imagine to New York, oh, man, not in the stage great. finals, but the stage finals were the first time. The second time when they faced them again. They're like they're not three. They're not doing it to us again, and they did it to him a fucking again. And the first match of this playoff, Philly three would New York. They refused to let them get the reverse sweep. They just beat them right away. So, oh dang, yeah. So it was like it was the worst defeat New York has suffered all season. So, whoa, 
three they New York had never been three owed the entire year. They had always That's- like at least won one map. That sounds like an accomplishment in and of itself, but it also sounds like you can't win them all, so it was bound to happen, but it's also, I'm, I don't know. The meta shift looks like it's really favoring Philly right now, because the Philly has this unique ability. They have a huge, huge pool of characters they can use. So, like, a lot of their, a lot of their team members are uh, skilled on multiple characters. And that makes you dangerous because you can actively change to whatever the enemy team is running. So they can come out, see the enemy team is running one thing, immediately turn around, go back to spawn, change characters, and they're ready to counter it. It's oh shit! It's they're they're so versatile. It's insane. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, no, it sounds like you got uh, something to look forward to. And if so, wait, if they lose today, is it over for them? Are they out? They have to lose twice today. So okay. they if they lose the first match, it immediately goes into a match three tiebreaker because the series will be tied 1-1 then. Right. So they would have to go to a seri- a third match. The third match determines who uh, who moves on. Um, and that one functions a little differently. They They have it set up so it's loser's pick. So the team that loses a map... Uh, the next map that they go to, they get to choose. Oh, that's what map neat. they go to. So it's uh, I'm super. I I don't want it to get to that point. I just want them to fucking steamroll them. So yeah, but for the sake of sports, though, when it does get that exciting and it's like down to the wire, nail biters, those are always fun. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Cool. Um, how about let's talk about the games we've been playing. I don't have too much because I have been busy with house things and other stuff, but I did get back into Dark Cloud a bit. Um, I'm playing through the game. I'm just sticking with default uh, character names because it's very much like uh, an RPG where you can re- rename the characters. Uh, I love the main character's default name is Tone, T-O-A-N. And uh, there's just really weird character names throughout this whole game. It's pretty bizarre. Like, uh this this cat girl, her name's X I A O, and I still to this day don't know how you're pr- supposed to pronounce that. I think X-I-A-O. like X I is like S H, right? Like so, it's like Xiao. Or it should something. be Zhao. Zhao. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds that sounds like what it's supposed to be. But yeah. So it's always fun too to give the characters your own names. But I'm not creative enough, and I like to stick them with default sometimes. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Uh, that sounds like I've I never played Dark Cloud, so I don't know. Too much Cannot about it. Recommend it enough. I did uh talk about it a couple times on the podcast, but as far as like a real brief summary, uh they awaken a evil dark genie. He like uh puts people uh well he tries to destroy like most of the world and in doing so this fairy king like protects people and scatters them in these orbs and you're this chosen warrior who has to like go find all the orbs and as you collect them like you're uh d- diving through different dungeons and stuff and like leveling up your weapons the weapon uh mechanic is amazing like how you like build your weapons and uh have different attributes and stuff work together um but there it also introduced like uh what do you call it um a durability aspect of your weapon so like after a while your weapon will break if you're not careful enough and it sucks like after you spend like hours of like playing this game making like this amazing weapon just for it to break on like some like stone hard enemy or something 
Uh, so that was really, it's just a very nostalgic game for me. I'm sure like it, I feel like to me it ages well, but your average person might say it doesn't because it does do a lot of, uh, random generate generation of the dungeons. So like in doing so, sometimes the, they don't really, it's not like they don't make sense, but some hallways are like too long or something. And if, uh, I'm at the point in the game early on where you don't have this item called Dran's Feather, and that's an item that makes you run faster for like a limited amount of time. And without that, I feel like it's kind of a slow pace getting through the dungeons. Um, but overall, I do love the game and I, I can't recommend it enough. I know Mark, our co-host of the podcast, has like, uh, played Dark Cloud 2 and says it's one of his favorite games ever. I think it might be his favorite game ever. And I feel almost similarly about, about Dark Cloud. I, the one, I never played two and I did buy it recently on a sale. So I'm looking forward to once I beat Dark Cloud 1, I am going to finally move on to Dark Cloud 2. Although it is a whole new cast of characters and a different setting and stuff. So that's why you can kind of experience them separately. Mm-hmm. That sounds neat. Yeah, super fun game. And other than that, still just playing Rocket League. What are you playing one, that on? Uh, uh, PS4. It's uh, that's there was this amazing PlayStation sale, and uh, they have all these PS2 classics for PlayStation 4 now. And like a lot of them, I was saying on a recent episode, have been like up rendered to 180p or 1080p. Unfortunately, Dark Cloud One at least isn't that way. It is still like uh, a box of. What do you call that aspect ratio? Okay, the four three aspect yeah, ratio. Yeah, exactly. So, and it doesn't really bother me that much. That's kind of what I expect. But if they ever do make a HD remaster, I'd probably buy it again because I love the game so much. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I really want to get a Shadow of the Colossus. I've been meaning oh, to buy the remake of that. You have to, and I have it, and I still need to play more. I only uh, fought like I think up to number three, and there's sixteen, if I'm not mistaken. I could listen to the music from that game, like, always. It's so good. It's on vinyl right now, and I'm like, I think I actually missed out. It probably sold out, like, almost immediately. I'm like, gosh, that would be a good one to ha- add to my collection. <laughs> um, But how about you? Any games you've been playing? Um, Overwatch. Um, not too many other games. Just uh, <laughs> Overwatch has uh, been predominantly what I've been focusing on. That's fair. Um, well, then, did you ever get a chance to play Life is Strange, or did you? is that a game that you have any interest in? I have not, and I think I think I have it. <laughs> on Steam? Uh, no, I think I have it on PS4. Oh, nice. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. Uh, I think, feel like it was one of the free games that came out. Or it was, like, on Super Sale, and I bought it on Super Sale. It might have been free, too. I forget exactly. But, no, if you do have it, I definitely recommend getting around to it. We're At least Mark and I are, like, super fans on this podcast, uh, fanatical about this game. Um, I just saw a tweet, though, that there's going to be a graphic novel, or no, I guess maybe a comic, I'm not exactly sure, uh, that launches in November of this year that is the first Life is Strange comic that kind of picks up where everything leaves off. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the series, there's like uh, a lot of decision-making and the way it pans out, there could be two different endings. And the way this comic is, if one, depending on the one ending, is where this comic starts off. And I'm like, wow, I'm super interested in checking out to see where that's going to go. Oh yeah, Heavy Rain is free this month. 
for PS PS users, definitely that's a that's a, a classic sort of a PS3 game. Yeah, we were saying uh, Beyond Two Souls was a month or two before that. I so got like, that one. I miss yeah. I miss Call of Duty Black Ops Three. Oh, I got it, and that's what I mean. I don't. I, I was like, I'm not even a Call of Duty guy. But I'd apparently I played it. it a lot. I I don't remember playing it a lot. I prestige twice in that game. I don't remember it. I don't remember playing it. <laughs> how that's that how happen? forgettable the the fucking Call of Duty games are. So forgettable. You run around and shoot people. Like it's yeah. Like it, it's the least sophisticated form of online multiplayer. It's just running around I mean. killing people. It's it has no. There's no like. You're not doing anything. Yeah, if I need to blow off some steam, maybe I'll shoot some people in that game. I that's why I got it because I'm like, hey, it's free, and who knows? It is fun to dive into a first person shooter every now and then, but not often for me. Yeah, it's it's definitely decent. But that comic, I'm really hyped. November this year. Um, what? Else oh, is uh, going Adventure on? Zone comic released this past week. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're a graphic novel. Is Here, it they're like, B Gerblins. Oh, that's right. Oh my god. I'm it's really, based off I gotta the first, get my hands uh, on one of those. It's at Barnes and Noble, I believe. They were seen all around uh they were signing copies at uh local like local to their area, Barnes and Nobles and like random booksellers and stuff. That's amazing. And they were selling they were signing some of the copies that were there. So uh, I have to go check out my local Barnes and Noble. I'm assuming it's gonna be there because they're pretty popular. They've uh, grown in popularity. So, uh, you would hope that they would have, they would be able to get them in like the Barnes and Nobles nationwide. Oh, I think so. I definitely think they'll be there, but the problem is I think they're going to be sold out because I think they are growing in popularity. So I'm worried I got to get there soon. (laughs) Um, there is one thing I wanted to bring on, or at least mention on the show. And it's this weird thing called Emu VR. I'm not sure if anyone's in our Facebook group, uh, just type in your Facebook bar, like almost better than Facebook groups or something, and it'll show up. Um, it, there was this post, uh, I think I posted it there. I forget if it was a GIF or a video. I think it's a video of this thing called Emu VR. And it's just like, I guess if you put on a VR headset, you're in a, like a nineties room with like two CRTVs and the guy's demonstrating that there's a PlayStation one rendered in front of you and a, a Nintendo 64. And he's taking the wires from each and hooking up, like switching them from TV to TV and like starting both and watching like the one, uh, the PlayStation starts up Tony Hawk. And I think the Nintendo 64, uh, starts up Donkey Kong, and it was just a really neat demonstration of like the capabilities. And I know Basta when he saw it, he was like, "But why? Like, what's the point of this?" But like, I don't know. I think it was a technical feat of like, it was it was interesting to say it was the least. A feat of programming. The fact that they were able to successfully run two games at the same time, and that they had it set so that in a virtual environment, yeah. And they knew that unplugging one and plugging it into the other TV, like, he would swap the wires back and forth, and it would change what TV they were displaying on in the yeah. environment. I thought that was really nifty. It but was super neat. Uh, I don't, there's no, there's no purpose for it. Bass no, is right in that front. Not. But yeah. it's cool to see, like, yeah, wow, he put a lot of time into, they put a lot of time into programming this to make sure like, it worked functionally. Except when they picked up the PlayStation and shook it all over the place, like that wouldn't have worked. No, it, right, the disc would have not liked that. It would at have all. shredded that disc. 
Um, I liked our one friend, our troll friend from college input. He was just like, but where are their controllers? I'm like, I don't think, I don't think the game's going to actually work. I think it was just like a little video to emulate like the startup of the game, but even still it was cool. That'll be the thing coming next. They'll have one where he like picks up one of the controllers and plays them. Oh my gosh. Well, that would be ridiculous. Um, and speaking of VR, there was apparently, I don't know where in the world, but I saw a video of it, uh, Mario Kart VR, where, like, this kid sitting on, like, an actual, like, I don't know if you've ever been in an arcade, like, like a little car set up. And yeah, and it moves around based on how he's turning his hands, and, like, it looks yeah, really fun. It's throwing him around, he's, like, bopping and turning, and, like, the crazy thing about this version of Mario Kart, though, is, like, let's say... In previous versions, you see, like, a, a box with a question mark. You just drive through it, and you get the power-up. With this, you have to hold your hand up and catch the damn thing, or else, like, I don't, I, at least that's what I saw in the demonstration. And I was thinking, there's a couple different mechanics, and I'm like, how will that translate? Because I know when I play uh, Mario Kart on Switch, I'm constantly using, uh, fuck, I forget which button it is, but the, like, oh, man, it's terrible, because, like, I don't play Nintendo enough, and I get it confused, because I'm thinking it's Triangle, but that's PlayStation so what is that? A? No, B? Anyway, it's the one where you, uh, it changes your camera's perspective. So you're looking directly behind your car. And I'm thinking that's probably just like completely negated in the VR version. And you'd have to just like turn your head around. And I don't think I'd be doing that nearly as much. Yeah, no, I know. I can't remember what button it is, but uh, I never look behind me directly. I, I, I almost never use that feature. I just hold things behind me a lot. Like I'm pulling up the switch. It's X. Me. Okay, wait. It's the X button on yeah. Nintendo. Okay. X and Y are the uh, upper two buttons, and A and B are the bottom two buttons. That's it. We're such gamers. But no, the, I do use that button a lot because, like, I don't know, sometimes when I'm shooting shells behind me, I can get a good uh, angle on close by people. Yeah, I get that. I just don't... Uh... I don't know. I don't. I don't use it. Like I don't like looking backwards. I like focusing on driving. So like I, uh, I'm always trying to like drive my best because all my friends are really good. And uh, I, 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 I don't know. Like I just don't. For some reason, I just don't look behind me. I don't. I just don't do it. I just <laughs> if I know, I can usually sense when someone's behind me because you have the little mini map in the middle of the screen when you're having four people play. And you uh, you can see the heads, and you know where people are kind of located. So um, if I get a head, I'm just trying to build lead. I'm literally just like I'm holding stuff behind me. I'm like if I get a one of the sound horn things, I'm holding onto that so I can get rid of a blue shell. Oh, definitely. Like uh, it's like I'm doing everything to protect my lead. I'm I'm because winning is so hard against all my friends. They're so fucking good. <laughs> yeah no i tried playing online a couple times and it like really put in perspective i'm like wow i ain't shit um <laughs> but it's all good um there's a couple more things i want to say maybe before we play a conversation game and wrap this episode up uh doesn't look like bass is joining us unfortunately but it happens um there's this keyboard i saw though and oh the sale's already over but uh not that i'm gonna recommend this thing but it's like called the orbit touch keyless keyboard and the idea is, like, it's supposed to be, like, a pain-free keyboard, because, like, I don't know if you have, like, arthritis or uh, carpal tunnel or anything, just, like, after you type for a lot of time and get any kind of pain in your hands or wrists, this is, like, 
a keyboard that says give your wrists a rest and it's very strange like to me i think it's a really innovative idea but also i'm colorblind so i'm gonna struggle with this because it's like very color oriented you have like two things that you put your hands on and you just shift your hands in different directions like kind of like each one's like uh circular like a clock and you go to the different uh section of the clock to like uh be like well this cluster it, uh represents letters a b c d and e and uh, on the other hand you choose the color to pick which letter you're trying to type it actually seems really complicated i'm sure you could get the hang of it but until you do i'm uh, i'm assuming it would be a really decent learning curve and really going to affect your like words per minute if you're trying to type anything with efficiency so i'm surprised this is um I I don't know. I don't think they got fucking Linus to do the. uh... It seems really challenging to me. But if it's helping people and like people in pain, I think it's great. But I also for it's selling for like three hundred or four hundred bucks, and I'm like, man, that's a lot for a keyboard. And not to mention, you're gonna be struggling with it for probably half the time. I don't know. It's it's probably it's like advertises no pain, but it's probably gonna be a giant pain in the ass. I'm looking at I'm looking at the video now and it's fucking insane. <laughs> I know, man. Imagine writing a novel like that or like uh doing a college paper. It's li- they had Linus uh Linus tech tips. It's so fucking weird watching him use it. Yeah, it's a pretty alien keyboard. Check it out. Not necessarily one to buy though, unless you really got painful wrists and stuff. Um, but all right. Uh, oh, and last thing, you're you were kind of into Halo. Are you still? Would you consider yourself a fan? Uh, not not as much anymore. That I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I saw a buddy of ours from college mention something on Facebook about a Halo Showtime show. So Halo on TV. Would you have any interest in that? Uh. If I can get access to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I under- I hear that. Um, I, I'm just not sure that I would be. I, I, I'm. It all depends on how they approach it. I, what it story just... they're telling? Because yeah. uh, there's so many stories to tell in the, in the uh, Halo universe. Like, there's a lot of shit that's going on in that Master universe. Master Chief-oriented, or would they be more ODST kind of thing? I doubt it would be ODST. I think everyone pretty much had enough of that. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm looking, looking at uh the looking at an article. Halo fans got a double helping of good news last month when it was confirmed a new game, Halo Infinite, and the long gestating TV show will be coming. A ten episode live action season that will bring the huge video game series to TV screens. It's going to be produced by Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television. Holy hell! With Awakes Kyle Killen ster- serving as showrunner and Rupert Wyatt set to direct. So, are you excited for it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's the it's not even going to start production till early 2019. So it won't start until late 2019 at the earliest. More like 2020. So right. it's got a while to go before it's coming out. Yeah, starting the hype train a little too early, but it happens. Um, would you have any interest in playing a quick game of 10 questions? Pokemon edition? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. All right, let's play.
All right, so this is basically that game, 20 questions, but we're cutting it in half because you only get 10. Um, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I have one of the first 150 Pokemon in my brain, and you're going to have to ask me 10 questions, including guesses, to try to narrow that down. Okay. So. And there you have to be yes or no questions? Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm glad we clarified that. I always forget to say that. Okay. I haven't played this game in ages. Man, that music. Throwback. Um. Is this Pokemon one of the basic elements? I would say, like, uh, as far basic as... Basic like, elements being fire, grass, electric, ground, rock... Like uh, the, basically, uh, the the original, like what was focused on in the original one fifty one. Like, is it one of the original elements, or is it one of the newer? It is an original element Pokemon. So the, my answer yeah. is yes. Okay. Yes. Does this Pokemon evolve? Yes. So it's a hmm. Is this Pokemon a three stage? Y- yes. Is this Pokemon a starter Pokemon? No. All right, we're up to four. You got six left. I think you're getting pretty good grip on it. Does this Pokemon evolve with a stone? This does uh, evolve with a stone. And it's a three stage. And let's see. Is it a second stage currently? Yes. Okay. Is it a grass type? No. Is it a male? I can't determine. <laughs> I think yes, but I'm I'm going to say it it could go either way. So it's a three-stage Pokémon, you said? Yes. There's only two left in my head. If it doesn't if it isn't grass type. So you have four more guesses? I mean, I know which... T- it's I- it's either Nidorina or Nidorino. No. No. Okay. I- I- I'm going to count them both as guesses and say, you're now you got to rethink this. You said it was part of the original 151. It is. There are only two... And not grass. I'm sorry, I'm uh, thinking through the 151, because I thought there were only four Pokemon that have three stages that evolve with stones in Gen 1. I don't know how many there are, but this is definitely one of them. (laughs) And it's not Grass-type, which eliminates two immediately. It eliminates... uh, Fuck, what is it? It eliminates Fileplume, and it eliminates... uh, the fucking Venus flytrap one. Oh, yes. I know which one you're talking about. Those two evolve with grass stones. The Nidos. Venomoth. Of- no, not Venomoth. Venomoth's a, oh, shit. a bug Pokemon. That's right. Whoops. And Nido King and Nido Queen evolve with Moonstone. The Nido Reno and Nido Rena are their previous evolutions. Victory Bell is what I'm. It was the other one I was thinking of. But we, it's oh, that's right. Gloom and Weeping Bell evolve with Grass Stones, and those are the only four 
Stone Evolution three stagers that are in Gen One. Well, that's what I know. It says that this evolves with a water uh, or, or a stone, but like I don't know. I just think there is no three stage water stone evolution though in Gen. Oh wait, I know which one it is. <laughs> yes, you do. What is it? Uh, fuck. Is that- <laughs> Polyworld? Yes, that was it. <laughs> I don't know how Polyworld disapp- like got away from me. That's why I asked gender so because gender. Well, and that's what I'm looking at some like Bulbapedia dot Bulbagarden dot net. Uh, I don't know if that's the most accurate source. Nidoran uh, or Nidoran and uh, Nidoran male and female evolve into Nidorina or Nidorino and Nidorina respectively, and they're exclusively male and female. See, this one says its gender ratio is fifty percent male, fifty percent female. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's that's what I'm yeah that the that's why I was asking about the gender because I thought oh there were only four for some reason I couldn't remember fucking Polyworld. I can't believe I forgot Polyworld. He's oh, so obscure not. because no one fucking gets him. Yeah, but he's so cute and hypnotizing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we play. Ten questions. This was a fun episode. Thanks for joining me, AJ, uh, and for giving me some education on Overwatch and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what? Where can our listeners find you? Let's do some plugs and wrap this up. Uh, the blessed, the blessed. Wow, the best place to get a hold of me is through Twitter. Um, all my gamer stuff is listed in my bio on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at forgetful with a three for an e. And yeah, so that's cool. that's the best place to get a hold of me. And it has like my battle tag and my PSN. And I don't have an Xbox anymore. I got rid of my Xbox, but it has my Xbox Live name on there still. <laughs> In the event you get one again. Yeah, doubtful, but. You never know. Yeah, I never know what wins a fortune blow my way. <laughs> exactly. Um, and listener, if you like our show, please give us a like, follow, subscribe. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. All of our handles are ABT Silence. And check out our network, almostbetter.net. Lots of really cool shows over there. But uh, we will be back next week. Thanks for joining us. See you guys next time. See you guys.